you're listening to the Poster Boy Podcast. Our mission is to help young entrepreneurs in small-town America start, grow, and manage 21st century businesses. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey, this is Chad. Hey, and this is Drew. Today we have another quote. Chad, what's that quote for today? All right. So our quote today is, your most unhappy customers are your greatest source of learning. And that's by Bill Gates. Well, you know what, Chad? I think I've learned a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Man, um, you know, I I know we wanted to keep this one at 30 minutes. Sorry if it's 45 or an hour, but... (laughs) You know, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to intro this a little bit and then I'll kick it back to Chad. Sure. You know, if we look back at some of the earlier podcasts and really the core idea that we've shared is, you know, challenges and learning from challenges and growing from challenges. I think unhappy customers sometimes fit in that challenges bucket, right? You're, you're trucking along, you're having a great day and you get a phone call and that phone call turns into stress and anger and frustration and, you know, it ruins a day, it ruins a week. But you get out of that phone call, you get out of that mess, and you've learned a lot. And hopefully you have a happy customer, or you don't, either way, but you still learned a lot. And uh, I know I have a handful of stories I can't wait to share about many opportunities to learn from my best and worst customers. But Chad, maybe I'll start with you. Where, <laughs> is there a story that sticks out, or is there is there some alternative meaning behind this quote you'd love to share? You know, I think back to my to my early days. I think today, let me say this. I, I think if you fast forward to where we are today, I think we do a very good job of learning from our customers and we always seek it as an opportunity versus getting frustrated. You know, anytime something doesn't go well, it for us, it becomes like a science experiment. We really want to understand why. And, you know, some, sometimes, I mean, sometimes there are things we could have done better. Sometimes there are there's techno- technological aspects that we need to improve, but sometimes it's just we gave bad service, you know, and then the question becomes, what type of system can you build to ensure that doesn't happen again? But I want to tell you about my very first set of unhappy customers that I got a great opportunity to learn from. And I think you're going to find this to be uh, hopefully you find it entertaining. But OK, so going all the way back to the very first event I ever worked was at a baseball tournament in a town called Homer Glen, Illinois. And I, I show up at this event and we, we do these team photos and we take them all and we make all these posters. And I have this mom come over and she says, hey, do you guys do individuals? This is our first weekend. Okay, we just, sold, we just started selling team pictures together. She's like, do you guys do individuals? I was like, of course we do individuals all the time. You know, this is, that's a big part of our business. And she's like, all right, well, where do you take the pictures? I was like, on the field. I've never taken a photo on a baseball field ever of a player, not one time ever. So I go out and this whole team, they want to buy these posters. Like, do you have any samples? I'm like, oh, not here. You know, we're in the process of building our site. I'm like making up stuff as I go along. It's literally our first weekend ever. So I go out on this baseball field and I start taking all these photos of this entire team. They all want to buy posters, okay? I promise them that they're all going to ship in three days. Well, what ends up happening is, well, number one, I guess to take it a step back, um, I did not have a, an order form before this event. So what I did was I took, I went to HP, I ordered something off their website, then I took their order form, I removed their logo and I put my logo on it and I had them printed at, at FedEx <laughs> Kinko's. Well, the, here's the thing, uh, you, uh, HP's order forms are made for HP and they definitely didn't account for all the things I would need. So I have all these order forms that make no sense. And I have all these shipping addresses with these parents' names. And I have the kid's name. 
But I take all these photos of these kids batting, but I can't see their numbers. I took all these photos of these kids playing in the field, but I don't have their numbers. I have <laughs> no idea who any person is, not one oh, of no. them. Okay. So, but it's my first time in business and I collected, you know, at the time it was a lot of money. And so not only that, I don't even know how to get in touch with these people. Okay. So the first thing that happens is they start calling the tournament director. They think that we scammed them out of their money. Okay. So now the director is a guy I had met when I was a server at a restaurant. That's how I got into this event. And he's like, Chad, you have got to figure this out. So he sends me over a list of all the coaches contact information. So I have to call these coaches and then I have to get what well, if the coach would work with me or if it was a team mom or whatever, I would have to email them all these different players from different things because some of the teams, you couldn't even see the team name, like when they were batting or whatever. So I have to email all these photos to all these different people to figure out whose team's who. And then when I do figure it out, I have to send them all the photos and they have to figure out who is who. Okay. And so oh, obviously wow. after this first event, it was a disaster. I mean, we told them we'd ship them in three days. I think they got their stuff two months later. I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> it was the worst possible service you could provide. And I was like, my phone was ringing so much every day that I literally like, I, whenever my phone rang, I would just ignore it. I was so scared of my phone. I had tremendous anxiety. Oh, it was so bad, Drew. And so, yeah. So the first, the first thing I learned about from unhappy customers were how to keep my information and data organized. And today I'm really good at that. <laughs> I bet you are, man. That is, oh. you know, like a, a decade later, what a great story. A decade ago. Yeah. What a nightmare. I'm having man, anxiety I, right now. <laughs> so, so I, I have a, man, it's such a similar story. So I, I was working at a, at a company and I, you know, like this was my first foray into entrepreneurship I think I was probably 24, 25. There was a, a rancher who owned this magnificent ranch that he wanted to sell it, right? So he found my information through a friend of a friend and said, would you mind coming over and taking some photos of my property? Well, I had started a sole proprietorship. It was a graphic design slash marketing company that did photography. It was mainly for property photography. And I had just bought this camera. I'd saved up like a thousand dollars. And that was a lot of money for me at the time. And I bought the nicest camera I could find on Amazon. I did all the research and I got my first customer and I go over there. Uh, like, okay, great. I'm going to take photos of this guy's property. And I put, I, and I walk and it's this giant ranch. It's like 80 acres. I walk through the pasture and take a photo of his inside of the house. Never done this before. No training on how to use this camera. <laughs> and um, every photo was blurry. Every single photo. Like there was like trash in some photos. It was dark and nasty in other photos. And so it what, what was ultimately about a two hour photo shoot was at least 10 hours of photo editing to make these photos even just mildly appeasing to the eyes and i like i it was it was not even a good photoshop job either like i photoshopped in whole skies that were blue because it was such an overcast day and this guy had only paid me i think i only charged like 240 dollars to do this it, it ended up being like a eight dollar an hour activity and i actually oh. behind me behind me in the studio is the dollar he gave me 
it was the very first dollar I ever made from my own business or starting a business. But you know what? The lesson I learned from that was I hate photography and I will never do it again. <laughs> that was I was done. <laughs> I was like, this this is this is not for me. This is absolutely not for me. But I really like all jokes aside, the you know the 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 beneficial or I guess the positive mess uh, message out of that was that it was really the first time ever thinking about things in terms of business and doing what's right. You know, like I could have just sent him the bad photos, but I said, you know what, I'm going to do, I like, I don't care if it just takes me 50 hours, I'm going to make these photos look awesome. And the learning opportunity was learning that you got to do whatever it takes to, to do what's right. And that, that to me was the bigger takeaway. Yeah, man, I, I know the feeling of blurry photos. So when you say that, so I don't know if you know this, but I used to work in a photo lab when I was in high school at Walmart Photo Lab. And I'll never forget. So I, I don't know if you've ever developed film. Um, it's not very common anymore, but back in the day, so if you were developing 35 millimeter millimeter film, film, what you would do is you would take this little canister out and it would run through this exposure uh, machine and it would, uh, you know, like make the negatives where you can see them, blah, 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 whatever. Well, we had this lady who had, taking a trip to Hawaii. And uh, when we pulled out her film cartridge, it was loose, okay? So basically on a 35 millimeter cartridge, the end of it is almost like a window. You know how when you have a window rolled down, it has the little seal on it at the bottom? Yeah. Um, it's, so it's like that, okay? Well, this particular seal or whatever was broken. So when we pulled the film out of the camera and we grabbed a whole, like, or you, what you do is you use this little tool and it grabs the little bitty piece that sticks out then you tape it in whatever when we grabbed that the entire thing dropped and all the photos overexposed okay so there were no photos it was her only set of film i don't know if it was a wedding or something in hawaii and it was their only film and at that moment i knew i would never take pictures of something that was really serious because i have never seen wow. a customer like this i mean she was just it was she was it was so sad you could tell she had saved up for that trip for her whole life and she had nothing to remember it by i mean it was bad wow Luckily, I don't think it was me that did it per se, but I was in the lab when it happened and oh, it was bad. But yeah, so, right. you know, Drew, um, one thing I that I think is important to take from this quote um, is sometimes it's really important to be your own customer. And, you know, one of the one of the best ways you can learn about your system, especially as you get beyond the basic business, you know, like when you're a small business you're more so self-employed. Like you might make good money, but you're still self-employed. It won't run if you aren't there type thing. But when you get to a point where your business can run without you, it's pretty entertaining to, te- or not even entertaining, it's a great life lesson to test out your system. Go on, place an order under an alias name, you know, and see how does the system work for you? How fast do they process the order? What's the customer service like? Um, so my sister works for us and she does a lot of our online live chat. And the other day I was, I was on our site, I was working on something and I just went on the live chat and I said, Hey, Hey, I have a quick question or whatever. And it was like instant response. And I was really proud. You know, I was like, Oh, the service is great, but it's a good opportunity to learn about your system. If you do it yourself. No, that's, that's very smart. And that's, that's clever, especially if your organization grows, you, you know, what's that called in the restaurant industry? Whenever they do the guest um, shopper. Guess, you know, yeah, secret shoppers and guest shoppers. Secret shopper, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I remember working at a restaurant one time and I was secret shopped. And man, what a great analogy. I was secret shopped and 
I got all high scores except I didn't offer dessert, which you know it isn't perfect, right? But you know, because you wanted them to leave and you wanted another table. People don't understand about that. I, you don't offer coffee because you don't want them hanging out and pitching a tent. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. But you know, like, <laughs> oh man, so so many restaurant analogies. Like, how does it always come down to this? I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, rest. I think restaurants have been doing it forever. Right? Like that's why they pay whole companies to be mystery shopping and secret shopper. Um, Companies. You know, the the thing that I thought about about this quote is, you know, the, uh, the unhappiness metric, right? Like that's businesses typically, you know, larger organizations do this. They they do what's called MPS scores. Okay. That uh, basically you send out surveys and it's one through 10. And I think it's, you know, between one and seven is poor seven or maybe one and five is poor between five and seven is sort of a, a, a moot and then seven and above is a positive score, right? But basically it's a way for businesses to have some sort of piece of data or, or a metric to measure their their uh, ability and their customer satisfaction against. And like it's really popular because organizations need to know, just like Chad mentioned with his business, you know, be, secret shopping himself and business owners doing the same thing, that building this into your business is probably a really important way to know where your business is going. And one example of this is probably both a good and bad example at the same time. And you'll see the bad in just a moment. <laughs> but I, I worked in a marketing agency one time. They actually went through the exercise of doing a internal and external survey of their performance. So they asked their internal employees what they thought about working at the company. And then they also asked their customers to provide anonymous feedback about how the performance was. Terrible scores all the way around. The Whew. none of the employees, I mean most of the employee feedback was the the things that are symptomatic of a bad culture and the client feedback was all of your standard you guys are too expensive, you never hit timelines or deadlines. And I'm going to tell you the 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 most difficult reaction to this this survey wasn't the responses. It was the fact that it was deemed so negative that it wasn't released to the company. You know, like I know we're talking about entrepreneurs being willing to listen to their customers to to learn from it. But what does that say to an organization who's unwilling to learn? Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, it just makes me think about how so many people, and, th and this is actually, this is probably a really good lesson for anyone getting started, but people think that they know everything. And when other people are unhappy, they tend to blame the other person instead of using it as an opportunity. And I know that what, you know, I know the statement from Bill Gates. I mean, I can just imagine what he had to say. And the reason that, you know, Windows became so powerful was because they learned so much about what people wanted and they heard the complaints, they saw the complaints and they went after addressing them. And I think, you know, I mean, I can tell you this at that our company, we definitely do that, but we could do it better. And I know we could do it better. Um, you know, we deal with thousands and thousands of customers. And so it's really, I mean, well, I guess, you know, on an annualized basis is a whole lot, but right, it's tough. It's really tough, man, because sometimes you get those customers that are just unhappy and you're not really sure if anything could have made them happy. So you're trying to determine, like, was this something that I needed to assess and make adjustments to the business? Or was this a one-off situation? 
it's almost like the, it took Bill Gates putting these words in this order to make this sentence that maybe is obvious, but it needed to be said. Challenges are how you grow. Mistakes are how you grow. Unhappy customers are how you grow. If I think about some recent parenting tactics, you know, my, you know, I have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, and these things are bottles of energy, tornadoes. They're kids, right? <laughs> they're, they're just being kids, yeah. you know. Yep. You know, during during school, or just you know, like asking my kids to pick up something, or you know, like whatever it is. Ultimately, you know, a kid will say, "I'm sorry, Daddy," and I've recently changed what they've said to me to say, don't tell me you're sorry. Tell me you won't do it again. Like at first they were like, what? Like I made this mistake, but now you want me to not make it again. That is way different than just apologizing for something that you may continue to do over and over and over again. You know, obviously that doesn't work for everything, but the, the, the part of learning isn't just hearing it. It's doing something with it. Like that's, that's a part of learning, right? Like if, like if, if I had realized that I wasn't probably a good photographer and I really didn't have the the gusto to continue doing that, or maybe even in, you know, more recent instances working on projects and things just not going as planned. These are absolutely learning opportunities that you internalize and you make better and you don't make them again. And to me and what we do, it's the not making those mistakes again that are going to make us better than every other person out there who just says, well, this is just what we're dealing with as a company or as a entrepreneur. Absolutely. I mean, never make the same mistake twice. I think we try to, you know, I know you and myself, we definitely try to live by that, that motto. You know, one thing that I can tell you we've done over the years that I think has been really interesting is, I mean, you know, Drew, that we're, we're a pretty big tech company, I would say at this point in our existence. And, you know, one of the things that we always look at are pain points in the process, you know, whether it's from our, you know, because we have, and a lot of times I think this is something important to remember too, who your customers are, because like, I'll give you an example. We work with a company called U-Triple-S-A Baseball. And I think for a long time, I think they forgot that they believe their customer is the individual player that plays at a sporting event which is not the case, okay? Their customers are directors that run events. The director that runs events, his customers are the parents and teams that play at an event. So I think that um, what sometimes it's really important to really understand who your customer is because I know for me, yes, our the people that pay us are you know the parents and the coaches, but the first level for me are the people that are running the events and they're operating our software and our equipment and our setups and things like that. So, you know, prime example, we used to have these canopies that would always blow over. So what do we, you look at that, that's a pain point and instantly our employees become unhappy. And like you had said it earlier, when you do the satisfaction survey, I mean, without this necessarily being a customer, employee satisfaction or dissatisfaction can also teach you a lot about your company. And if sometimes if you just listen, you know, and you really pay attention to the people that do it day to day, they have really good ideas. Yeah. You know, and this is, this is, this is how leading organizations continue to lead. So let's, yeah, I'll use one of one of one example that's really close to what we do. So we build websites, we improve websites. And the thing I've been telling 
our customers, the, the buyer lately, is that you have a goal to grow your revenue, to sell a widget, to improve some process. Your customers also have a goal to buy a widget, to get service quicker, to solve a problem. The website or marketing is the intersection of these two goals. It's the business goals married with the customer's goals to then produce some sort of capitalism, right? Or commerce. Yeah. That so many times, and this is how I know I have no shortage of work. <laughs> you can pull up any mm-hmm. website. You can see the how how the business goals and the customer goals, they don't align. They're not intersecting, right? So one thing we do in website improvement is to add a little survey box on the bottom right-hand side of the website. You know, use Hotjar, use Crazy Egg, whatever it is. And you ask a question, you ask the customer, what about this page did you find confusing? Or why didn't you buy from us today? Or what was your objective today? And that feedback and, and you know, like we can, we can talk about and you can Google NPS surveys and customer surveys, and you can rely on just making mistakes uh, after the fact to create some sort of improvement. But getting ahead of was what Chad mentioned before, getting ahead of making mistakes and constantly asking your customers for feedback, whether unhappy or happy, is an important part of making sure that your business and that your website, but mainly your business is performing as expected. One survey we we conducted on a parks and recreation website, we asked users simply, what do you find challenging about this website? And lo and behold, so many people had a hard time using the navigation of the website. I didn't see a problem with it. The client didn't see a problem with it. But the, the user, the, the customer, the person visiting the website didn't find or didn't find it very useful and had a problem with it. So we changed it. We did some UX and UI. We redesigned it. We launched it. The results were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The metrics on the website improved dramatically. More conversions happened in the right places. And that was an example of intersecting goals coming together and being much tighter. And so while getting feedback from an unhappy customer, maybe a, a bad conversation or, you know, just, you know, a gut checking realization moment. And it could also be something that's very proactive and something that you seek and meaning leading organizations actively seek the feedback of their customers. Oh, absolutely. Well, man, that is profound. And I love the way you phrased it, how, you know, while they have a goal, so do their customers, you know, and especially in the business that you're in, I think that's really, really interesting, you know, and I think for us, you know, when I start trying to, to correlate it, I can see that, you know, our customers have a goal of remembering something. And so, you know, and doing it in a nice way and preserving it and things like that. Um, but yeah, man, all over the years, I can tell you, like thinking back now and just thinking about what you said, our business is what it is today simply because we listen. I mean, it really goes no further than that. I mean, we used to, we started doing custom socks. I don't know how much you know about this, but we had, I mean, man, we had issue after issue after issue. Okay. I, I just cannot tell you the number of issues because whenever you deal with sublimation, the problem with sublimation is that the colors some of the colors aren't true to to the like an RGB color that you're you're used to seeing on a computer screen or an HTML color or whatever. And so we would have blues that come out purple or, you know, vice versa or reds that were pink or orange. And one of the things that we built in because it was like nonstop, 
you can't believe. And here's another thing too that we started learning that I think is just kind of a, a interesting problem to share with you is um, when we when when we would send, let's say a, cu- a team orders ten pairs of socks. If we send them to one person and it's their job to give them out, we almost always had a complaint because something would be off. Or like, let's say the one mom that gets it, the blue is like not exactly the blue. So she's the ringleader. And, you know, she will be like, oh, you guys, these are nice, but it's not the right blue, right? Right? You know, and it would be said like that. And so we started finding that what we ended up building in was this proofing system where we built it into our site where anything that has like more than three pairs of socks you have to approve a proof of your sock, like an actual physical sock, before we will process the entire order. And, you know, we have a disclaimer on there that says this exact sock is what you will be getting. And once we started doing that, our customer complaints fell off a cliff because we were able to catch it before we shipped it. Number one, when we ship a package, it was costing us, you know, $10, $20, whatever. And then not to mention making 10 to 20 pairs of socks. And all of a sudden you're redoing everything. Whereas just taking a picture of one pair was saved, saved us a lot of money and a lot of headaches. Man, man that, that I, I remember you, you showing me that innovation in your business. My goodness, is that clever? I mean, <laughs> um, and recently we started doing something similar. Um, and, and you mentioned this before to me about doing loom videos <laughs> and I did my first loom video the other day and the best response was no response because they Absolutely. didn't, they didn't have to ask me more questions. They didn't have to have any follow-ups. It was just very clear. Here's a video, exactly what I'm trying to tell you to do, man. Like I definitely see that innovation in your business proving out and it has proved out. Um, let me take this this quote as I love to do. Let me ask it backwards, uh, or maybe let's look for a watch out, okay? Because not all good, not all feedback is good feedback, right? Sure. I mean, you you just have bad customers with bad attitudes. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have a story or an example of a time where, you know, you had an unhappy customer, but you would never change your business to fit their unhappiness? Yeah, I you know I think we get that we don't get it very often anymore. But I'll tell you, Drew, to answer that question, um, let me start with why that happens in the first place. Um, the only time that it's really possible to get a customer like that is if the communication channel is broken, because if everything's communicated effectively and everything's delivered as promised and all expectations are met, you very rarely have unhappy customers. You know, and if your number one goal is customer satisfaction and you really actually mean it and you don't just type those words and put them on a website, most of the time you can figure out why a customer's unhappy. And in, in our situation, I mean, in our business, it's something that we can solve. But yes, we have had um, a few different customers over the years that, you know, they, they'll complain about something. And I, I think at my level today, it's a little bit different because we see a, we, when we get complaints... If they come in volume, we believe that they're definitely addressable. But, you know, if they're like one-offs, I mean, so we always look at all complaints. I mean, if someone says like today, a prime example, actually, we had a lady that was ordering a poster online and she's like, you know, I had a terrible time ordering on your website. And, <clears throat> you know, for me, obviously, I, I instantly perk up to those questions because we, I mean, you know, Drew, we've put a lot into our website um, from not just time, heart, money, everything. And so I want to know 
where were the pain points? You know, and so what I've learned is that on all of the pages, we will in the future add Zoom links to the top of all pages that show people how to navigate through the page and how to place an order and exactly what's expected. Because at the end of the day, the, the customer was unhappy because she was frustrated that she couldn't figure out how to use our site. And the truth of the matter is, even if only one or two customers need to view that video a year, it takes me an hour or 20 minutes or whatever to put this video together. It's a one minute clip, it goes on our site and it's there forever. And it saves that person from being unhappy. But right. she was so frustrated. Now she's expecting us to screw up the product, expecting the shipping to be delayed, expecting it to be broken in the mail. And so we have to work extra hard to make sure she's happy, you know, because we failed yeah. at the first phase. One experience we had recently was with a, a prospect. So that's, that's a person who hasn't yet paid for our time and services, a prospect who just had so many questions, right? And, and I understand it, right? Like building websites or doing technology, it's not something where you like you just fork over money and say, I trust you, right? Like you have to build trust as a part of the getting to know you process. And we typically have an upfront consulting engagement, X number of hours, X number of dollars, and we'll, we'll not do the sales questions. We'll actually get in there and try to figure out the solution, right? To mm -hmm. then propose an actual scope of work. And we had a prospect who was upset about our lack of interest in, I guess, to him winning the business, but to us investing so much free time for a project that would ultimately just not be a revenue buster of a project, right? Because we've got lots of different projects. We don't have to work on every project. Some of the, the feedback he was saying was, is like, invest more time in, in upfront before you close a deal. And like, that's absolutely like our process isn't broken. He just expected free work. And there's nothing <laughs> I can do to help someone who wants free work, right? So zooming out of this turn of phrase on the quote is that yes, your most unhappy customers are your greatest source of learning because you're going to learn, you know, both learn to reinforce that you're doing things the right way or learn that you're doing something that could benefit from some innovation at, at your organization or at your, your small, small business. Right. But yeah, I mean, you just have to be willing to listen, you know, like there are so many people out there who just, they're just going to do their thing. They're just going to keep rocking and rolling the way they do things. And they're never going to listen. Yeah. You know, I have uh, one, one last quick story I'll share with something that you just mentioned about, you know, someone wanted something for free for, um, for, a small period in our history, we had some customers that were, they would say that they didn't get something. And then our production staff would say that they shipped it. You know, it was one of these, like, who do you believe? You always kind of have to go with the customer regardless of what you think, but if you can't prove it. And so long before Amazon started sending like your packages at your door photos, long before that, and I think you know this, Drew, we started something called the shipping cam where whenever we finish an order, before we package it, we take a photo of this before we put it in the box or the, the wrapping or whatever it is that we're packaging it in. And then when we send the tracking information, that shipping cam goes with it. So if we send an order of 20 pairs of socks out or if we send 10 posters and someone says, oh, my kids didn't, didn't show up or whatever, we pull that image back up and we say, look, here was the image and here were the products that were sent to you. 
And let me tell you, it has saved us a lot of time and not to mention it's great service. But the funny thing is it wasn't meant to be great service. It was meant to alleviate the discrepancies of who do you believe, if that makes sense. It does. It does. All right, man. Well, I think we can we can wrap this one up and um, we can lead it into next week's quote. How do you feel about that? Let's do it. All right. So next week's quote is by Tony Gaskins, and it's trust the process. Your time is coming. Just do the work and the results will handle themselves. This has been another episode of the Poster Boy podcast brought to you by utproducts.com. Find and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at theposterboybook.com to grab your copy of the book.